And we're back with our world lead tonight. We have seen new explosions uh, rocking Gaza and flares lighting up the sky as the Israel Defense Forces go after the terrorist group Hamas. Those Israeli strikes, Hamas claims, have now killed more than 10,000 people in Gaza. We have, of course, no way to verify that number. But we do know that innocent civilians in Gaza continue to be killed by Israeli strikes, and the humanitarian crisis in Gaza is growing increasingly dire. Thousands of people around the world are protesting and calling for a ceasefire in Washington, D.C., in Paris, in Berlin. Protesters are crying out about the humanitarian crisis, the loss of life, the suffering of so many innocent civilians. This morning, red handprints could still be seen on the White House fence left from protesters over the weekend, trying to tell President Biden that the U.S. has the blood on its hands of innocent lives. And how can you not be affected by these horrific images we're seeing out of Gaza? Children bloody, children's bodies, families starving, little, if any, medical care, homes destroyed. The Israel Defense Forces insist they're targeting only Hamas, which hides and fire rockets at Israel from among the Palestinian people, from among civilians' homes. But the Secretary General of Amnesty International told CNN that Israel has waged a, quote, campaign of violations of international law. Something must happen, she said, so that we alleviate the suffering of the people of Gaza, unquote. The Queen of Jordan, Queen Rania, who is Palestinian, said this in an interview with CNN's Becky Anderson. I know that some who are against a ceasefire argue that it, is, it will help Hamas. However, I feel that in that argument, they are inherently dismissing uh, the death, in fact, even endorsing and justifying the death of thousands of civilians. And that is just morally reprehensible. Justifying the death of innocents of civilians. That that's an interesting turn of phrase. Something that has concerned us greatly, something that we have wondered about ever since Hamas brutally attacked so many Israeli civilians on October 7th, is what exactly did Hamas think the Israeli military would do in response to that? Did they not anticipate that Israel would retaliate? Did they not anticipate Israel would retaliate in a way that would cause innocent Palestinians in Gaza to die, especially given the fact that, as has been established by Israeli intelligence, U.S. intelligence, and journalists who have visited Gaza, the fact that Hamas embeds within the Palestinian population. What did they think would happen? It turns out that a Saudi journalist asked a spokesman for Hamas that very question. His response was quite telling in terms of Hamas's concerns about Palestinian lives. Dear sister, nations are not easily liberated. The Russians sacrificed 30 million people in World War II in order to liberate it from Hitler's attack. The Vietnamese sacrificed 3.5 million people until they defeated the Americans. Afghanistan sacrificed millions of martyrs to defeat the USSR and then the U.S. The Algerian people sacrificed 6 million martyrs over 130 years. The Palestinian people are just like any other nation. No nation is liberated without sacrifices. No nation is liberated without sacrifices. Not exactly an expression of regret for innocent Palestinian deaths. A journalist from Russia Today, a Russian state media outlet, 
asked Musa Abu Marzouk from the Hamas Political Bureau, quote, you have built 500 kilometers of tunnels in Gaza. Why haven't you built bomb shelters where Palestinian civilians can hide during bombardment? And here's how Hamas responded. We have built the tunnels because we have no other way of protecting ourselves from being targeted and killed. These tunnels are meant to protect us from the airplanes. We are fighting from inside the tunnels. Everybody knows that 75% of the people in the Gaza Strip are refugees. And it is the responsibility of the United Nations to protect them. The Biden administration would argue that a pause allowing innocent Palestinians to flee and allowing humanitarian supplies to get into Gaza, that that's one thing, but that stopping the Israeli campaign against Hamas, which is what a ceasefire would be, stopping it would be another. Here's how former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton put it at an event at the Baker Institute. People who are calling for a ceasefire now do not understand Hamas. That is not possible. It would be such a gift to Hamas because they would spend whatever time there was a ceasefire in effect rebuilding their uh, armaments, you know, creating stronger positions to be able to fend off uh, an eventual um, assault by the Israelis. But, you know, don't, don't take her word for it. Ghazi Hamad, a, a member of Hamas's political bureau, told Lebanese TV that the Al-Aqsa flood, that's what Hamas called the October 7th attack. This is just the first time, and there will be a second, a third, a fourth, because we have the determination, the resolve, and the capabilities to fight. Will we have to pay a price? Yes, and we are ready to pay it. We are called a nation of martyrs, and we are proud to sacrifice martyrs. So Hamas, which is the government of Gaza, based on their own words, A, they think the loss of Palestinian civilian lives is just the cost of liberation. B, they think that even though they're the government of Gaza, it's not their responsibility to protect Palestinian civilians. The tunnels are for themselves, for fighting, not for civilians. And C, they're determined to continue attacking Israel the same way they did on October 7th, over and over and over, based on what they say. So for these reasons, Israel says, we can't have a ceasefire. Listen to what they say. So they're pushing forward with their ground incursion into Gaza. From the point of view of Israel, they hear all the calls for a ceasefire. What they do not hear is anyone in the international community proposing any way for them to get back their 240 hostages that Hamas kidnapped. They don't hear anyone proposing any way for Hamas to be removed from the leadership of Gaza. Israel sees the parades and the rallies for the ceasefire, and they see no parades and no rallies for the return of the hostages or the removal of Hamas. So here we are, and here is President Biden in a tricky situation. President Biden spoke with Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu on the phone just a few hours ago, we're told, pushing for a humanitarian pause, but not a ceasefire which Secretary of State Antony Blinken says the U.S. is trying to get Israel to agree on. There are obviously different views, including on the question of, of, of a ceasefire, but there's no doubt from my conversations with uh, all of our colleagues who were in Amman yesterday 
that everyone would welcome the humanitarian pause because, again, it could advance things that we're all trying to accomplish. Israel's raised important questions about uh, how humanitarian pauses would work. Uh, we've got to answer those questions. We're working on exactly that.